Welcome. I am Count Dracula. Now, I'm sorry about the poor attempts at uh, sweet audio sounds, but I, I think I got the win right. But the horse, horses clomping down on—I didn't do that right. I was trying to get the trying to get the right. I don't have coconuts to bang together to make the sound, and I open my dresser drawer to see like make it sound like the old uh, doors opening but beside the point hello ladies and gentlemen good morning good afternoon and good evening depending on the time you are listening to this I'm your host Nordic Pride and I'm here with another phenomenal episode of Nordic Episodes now this week I'm continuing on with the Universal monster horror theme. I'm counting down for Halloween, which is, as I mentioned in the previous episode, is my favorite holiday. And now, this I had some disturbing news. Uh, Halloween does fall on a Monday, so I was really happy, excited because I usually work Mondays and I have Tuesdays off, so it would go around and do. I don't know, walk around, I guess, uh, and see everybody in their costumes and having fun and then watching the lights in the neighborhood nearby. But unfortunately, my boss was like, hey, uh, we're going to have to switch your days. I'm like, okay. And I didn't realize at the time, I was like, oh, that's cool. Sure, no worries. Um, but then I realized that Halloween lands on a Monday and I would have to come into work Tuesday the following day which is the day of the dead and uh, being of Mexican descent I have a strange obsession with that holiday and in my room I have a few salt shakers with a skull candy a little gravestone some candles uh, quite a few things I have a little picture I drew a statue of two lovers skeletal lovers and then a uh, cool wedding um, snow globe of two skeletons and then I have a pillow two pillows that are they, that they're deemed so I'm kind of bummed out about that just a wee bit though but I don't know why I brought that up because it was but it's just on my mind because I was talking about the Halloween season the spooky season and I was really excited about it. Now it's kind of bland. So let's get back into the new episode. So this week's episode, this film is near and dear to me. I watched it many times. Though the first time I wish I could say I saw it in theaters. But that would have been like a hundred, not a hundred, almost a hundred years before I was born. I'm just kidding. I wasn't born in 2031, but my math is not the best. So, the film was released in 1931, starring Bela Lugosi, a Hungarian actor who was afraid, I read somewhere, he was afraid of being typecasted as 
the villain after portraying this character, but he did it really good, and his face became a cultural icon for Halloween in general. When you think of vampires, you see his face. When you see candy bags, mask, uh, in film and television, they'll have his face plastered. This man was Dracula. Count Dracula. The first one to appear on screen in the United States. In Mexico, I believe there was like another one. Another uh, actor who did it a little bit before Bela Lugosi. But um, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the 1931 classic film Dracula. And it was inspired by or based on the 1924 play of the same name and that play was based on the great novel that I did read in junior high which now I think about it was uh, should have been out of my reading level because in junior high we had reading levels for AR points and we had sustained silent reading and for whatever reason, I saw that book on the shelf. I picked it up. And I read it, and I was—I fell in love with it. For the longest time, this novel was my favorite novel ever. Until I read some more things, and my horizon was broadened. And so, uh, I was introduced to the great Dracula. And as you know, every time I say Dracula, I do my Transylvanian or what I think a Transylvanian accent would be like for his name because Dracula well sounds lame when I don't do the voice Dracula was a deeply amazing character he was something unique when I read it. At the time, I knew about vampires and I knew Dracula from the film, 1992 film, where I I actually remember watching as a kid because it was on the television. And I remember seeing Dracula turning into a giant bat and it was terrifying. And I didn't realize at the time that that was based on this book. But after I read it, I loved it and I went back and watched the movie and I was like, this is great. What else can I watch? And then I watched um, a classic Dracula with Bela Lugosi as the main character as he portrays Dracula. And the man Bram Stoker created this uh, story and it was very successful and it was really good. Um, His how do you say it? Well, his great nephew, son, something. Somebody in his family line decided to do a sequel to that uh, novel. It's called Dracula the Undead. And I did read that one too because I saw it and I picked it up at Barnes and Noble one day. Um, shout out to Barnes and Noble. Woo! <laughs> They're not sponsoring this episode, just so you know. I saw it, picked it up, and read it, and I. I liked it. It was a sequel. Not a sequel that I hoped. But 
Um, it was interesting. It takes place like several years after the events of the novel, and Jonathan Harker has um, been mar- married to Mina Harker. They have a son who's into acting and doesn't want to do what his family business was, which was real estate. And somebody from Dracula's no, not Dracula's life. Some an enemy of Dracula comes back and tries to take them out in a way. And they're trying to find Dracula because Dracula survives the their epic battle clash. And it turns out Mina is still in love with Dracula and vice versa. Jonathan Harker dies brutally. Um but he was really bitter about Mina because she still harbored feelings for Dracula and this novel and it it's a whole thing I don't want to get into I'll do that in a different episode but the whole point is there's a sequel out there that his family kept going on the ending though was really fascinating to me I I did like how it ended Mm, spoiler alert I will not spoil it so (laughs) it it inspired a whole lot of things this uh, 1931 Dracula classic universal monster film. I think it kicked off the whole um I am personally my beliefs I believe this film kicked off the whole universal monster uh genre. Like it was big, popular and then it's this idea, this novel, these films all spewed out and created many other things that are still going strong to this day. Like, Dracula is, may have died in the novel, but he hasn't died out. Like, they're still doing movies and television shows and other stuff where they reference Dracula and they reference their Van Helsing. They do all this stuff. They make parodies. They make films, television shows, comics, other novels. Like, they do so much stuff and it's so cool. I think that really shows the test of time of how great and powerful this character has been and it's also really great that Bella Lugosi was one of the first people to portray this iconic character and how he influenced uh, film history just by his look alone when he pops up in his cape and you hear the words I am Count Dracula I got shivers. Even now, I got shivers. Goosebumps. It there was such an elegance to him. Like he didn't have to be the, um, like decrepit or anything like that. He was elegant, sophisticated, menacing. His stares were menacing. The way he looked at the other characters, and I thought it was really cool. He did a superb job as the Count Dracula. And there has been many others uh, actors who portrayed the character character of Dracula. There was uh, the great Christopher Lee, Leslie Nielsen, and um, a parody film of it. There was Gary Oldman who did the Bram Stoker 1992 Dracula film with Keanu Reeves. Um, and Sir Anthony Hopkins and then Luke Evans re- fairly recent 
with uh, Dracula Untold, which is another a good movie that I did enjoy. And then there was Dominic Purcell who played Dracula in the Blade films. But most of them, I would say, drew some inspiration from Bela Lugosi as he portrayed the Count. And don't get me wrong, they all did superb jobs in their own way. But you cannot match the elegance, the royalty, the the essence of Bela Lugosi's Dracula when he portrayed him. And though the actor was very much afraid of being typecasted to portraying this vampire, he played Dracula specifically in one other sequel. And then after that, he was a no-named vampire in several other vampire films. Uh, he was the... Uh, what? It, in the last week's episode, I brought up that he was a character named Bella, a gypsy fortune teller. So he branched off to do that in the iconic film, The Wolfman. Now, the this film was mostly based off the play, and the play was based off the novel. So... There are some similarities and some difference between the two. But in this film, it follows... When I first watched it, I was like, this is not how the novel I remembered. Which I'm going to go back and reread it because it's spooky time and I love the novel. So Renfield is a traveling to... Transylvania to meet Count Dracula in matters of business. Dracula wants to buy uh, land in London and Renfield was tasked to sell him some land and when he goes there the villagers ask him not to go and Renfield is just saying like he doesn't want to stay in and he wants to go straight to the castle and meet Dracula so Dracula is disguised as a driver and he takes the coach and leads up to a castle. And then he turns into a bat and disappears. Renfield is welcomed by Dracula as he says, I bid you welcome. And they discuss his intentions of leasing Carfax Abbey in England. When he travels the next day, Dracula hypnotizes Renfield to be his uh, slave in a way to do what he does and all that stuff and he he has him open a window and the bat bats appears and they turn out to be Dracula's wives he has three wives and they attack Renfield and they mess him up he gets like really weird and paranoid and kind of thing like in the film he's like all master master kind of like golem and smeagol i guess but the way the actor portrayed him it was like really well done that he was playing the lunatic renfield so dracula meets um he meets the seward dr seward who is the doctor of this like a mental institution there where Renfield has been sent to 
so he's there and he tells them like oh they're introducing each other at the theater and he meets Mina and her fiance John Harker Jonathan Harker and their family friend Lucy and yada 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 they all meet they all have fun they don't have fun Dracula Dracula finds out where Lucy lives because Lucy becomes fascinated by the Count at night he enters her room and drinks on her blood she dies the next day after a string of blood transfusions go bad Renfield is obsessed with eating flies and spiders and other insects and the doctor uh, the doctor calls his teacher Professor Van Helsing to come and analyze Renfield's blood and hopefully discover why he is obsessed with eating flies and spiders so Van Helsing discovers that he's talking about like vampires and Renfield begs the sewer to send him away claiming that the night's the night's uh, cries disturb him and Amina's dreams at this time Dracula calls Renfield through a medium of wolves howls and Renfield is disturbed by Van Helsing Van Helsing who's showing him like wolfbane and he freaks out and he he tells him like yeah it's to protect you from vampires so Dracula visits Mina in her sleep and uh, Van Helsing and Jonathan Harker notice that there's no reflection on the mirror and he smashes them obviously Dracula smashes the the mirror and then just leaves and this is where it gets pretty weird well not weird but it gets to like there was a point where he holds out a cross and Dracula like freaks out and he does this whole iconic kiss and this cape thing and he walks away so um when Mina leaves her room she runs into Dracula where he attacks her and the maid finds her and reports that a woman in white is luring children from the park and biting them Mina realizes it's Lucy and she's risen as a vampire Jonathan wants to take Mina to London for her safety but is convinced to leave with Van Helsing because Van Helsing orders the nurse to take care of Mina as she sleeps and not remove the wolf pain around her neck Renfield escapes his, his cell and listens to people discussing vampires and then he could relate because he's crazy and he goes off and tries to warn Mina to leave and then Helsing returns back to the count the county the country where him and Jonathan tries to destroy Dracula while they're trying to excavate Carfax Abbey and he tries to hypnotize Van Helsing but he realizes that Van Helsing is too strong and he pulls a a crucifix and Dracula leaves like he retreats and so um, Jonathan visits Mina on the terrace and she speaks about like how the night and fogs and she loves it a bat flies over and squeaks Mina but attacks Jonathan and Van Helsing and Seward saves him 
I mean, it convinces that what Dracula has done to her and tells tells Harker that their love is no more because he, you know, did his magic, Mojo Jojo. Dracula hypnotizes Briggs into removing the wolfsbane from Mina's neck and opens a window, and Van Helsing and Harker see Renfield heading for Carfax Abbey. Arriving there, they see Dracula with Mina. When Jonathan shouts to Mina, Dracula thinks that Renfield betrayed him by leading them to kill him. So Dracula is hunted by Van Helsing and Jonathan Harker, who know that Dracula is forced to sleep in a coffin during the daylight so that he doesn't die. Van Helsing prepares a wooden stake while Jonathan searches for Mina. Van Helsing kills Dracula by impaling him through the heart and Mina just returns to normal. That's the whole thing of this film. The 1931 classic. It's different than the novel because there are more characters introduced in the novel. And in the 1992 film version of Bram Stoker's Dracula, they introduce these characters more thoroughly and uh, and whatnot. And Renfield's already locked up in the sanctorium, and Jonathan goes over there to meet Dracula. So that's the difference between the 31 film and the 92 film. But both are still really good. And uh, the the novel is much more similar to the 1992 film than it is to the 1931 film, which is most likely because it's based on the play. And the, I had the great honor, as I mentioned in last week's uh, podcast, I had the great honor to available being able to see the film in AMC, even though, like, it was really cool. Like, it was the equivalent of me watching the Avengers for the first time. Be like, oh my god, it's all your favorites on the big screen. And it was Dracula. The Dracula. Bella Lugosi Dracula on the big screen. And I thought it was, like, so cool. It was the, one of the best experiences is to see these classic horror films brought to life on the big screen. And being able to see that last year was incredible and it was amazing and it's one of the main reasons why I would like to go to Universal Studios in California because I read somewhere that they still have some of the old sets up from that that filming era so I thought it would be cool and neat to check out one day and uh, without further ado I guess this is all this is all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to a Universal Studios Monster Tour here in Nerdic Episodes. I don't know why I did that accent. But thank you for listening until next week, which I don't know which monster I'll be researching for next week, but it'll be something great. Thank you for uh, watching Until next week, I'm Nerdic Pride, and I am signing off. I bid you farewell.